In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 26, Underdogs. So this week's theme, we are rooting for the underdog. We sure are. Picking small presses, yes. small books that should be way bigger. Yes. Because books they're awesome. that should get a lot more hype, yep. but maybe because they didn't go with the big five publishers, mm-hmm. they just didn't get the attention that they deserve. Yes. And they might have gone under avid readers' radar. Mm-hmm. So we are bringing them to you. Up front. Because you are avid center. readers. We are avid readers. We like turning you on to all the secret stuff. Like <laughs> I this. didn't know where you were going. We like to turn <laughs> you on with you thought it was the just secret stuff. Ending yeah. it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was going to let you. Yeah, okay. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who cares? <laughs> thinking about underdogs or thinking yes. about things that are maybe underrated. Mm-hmm. What's the most underrated food, in your opinion? Starting with a food question because we uh, love food. Oh, yeah. Always. And food and reading go hand in hand a yeah, lot for they me. Do. If you borrow a book for me and there's a chocolate smudge mm-hmm. in it. It just means it was a good book. Yeah. yeah. And don't, I mean, don't shame me. No. I won't be mad if there's a chocolate smudge that comes back in it. Hell no. No. So... Um, well, I, I'm tempted to say bread pudding, but we all know my love of bread pudding. That's true. Yeah. And I do think it's underrated. It is underrated. People shy away from it. They're creeped out by it. And Which I don't know weird. why. No, it is delightful. Maybe it's the name. It you know, a it's a strange name. name. Yeah. And it's isn't it in that Christmas song, like Good King Once a Lot? No, not that one. Sure. <laughs> yep. Wherever you're going, I'm just going to back you up and say, yes, it is. It's part of that song. Yep. Okay. That I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some Christmas song with it that people are like, oh, no, that's Piggy Pudding. 
Okay. Oh, that wow. Too, sure. I, okay. Wow. I got to get back on track here. So I wasn't even going to talk about bread pudding. <laughs> I was going to talk about toast. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think toast is the most underrated food. Interesting. It's versatile. Yeah. You can have it at any point. You don't feel good. good. It's all right. Toast is going to be there for you. Yeah. You feel like, man, I'm really hungry. Peanut butter toast. Nailed it. Boom. You're like, I'd like a little something sweet, but not like a full on candy bar. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon sugar toast. <gasps> wow. All different kinds of jelly. You could have toast for days on end and not repeat it. You could. Yeah. Wow. And despite what people think, getting a perfect piece of toast is actually an art. It's really tough. My mm-hmm. toaster um, betrays me regularly. A lot, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? And what's that bagel button? That's not doing it anything. Doesn't do for, shit. No, it doesn't. No. no. So that's my underrated okay. food. That's a I good really one. like toast. Yeah. I think it's really versatile, hmm. and I don't think enough people talk about it. How do you feel about the trend of avocado toast everywhere? I'm fine with it. I don't right. quite like it, if yeah. I'm honest. I like avocado. I like guacamole. Sure. But sometimes, like that much in a concentrated amount, that's a lot for it me is a to lot. handle. Yeah. Plus, you're really overshadowing the toast. <laughs> the toast needs to be like they need to be like complimentary. You know, like a good relationship where you're both bringing something to the table. So your underrated food is bread. <laughs> Toasted bread. Not just plain bread. I don't want it, that white wonder bread just by itself. No. I want it toasted. Okay. Lightly buttered. Sure. And then whatever other toast. Then everything yeah. else you want on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. And I feel like the avocado is like suffocating the toast. Oh, That's what sure. I feel Gotta like. let that toast breathe. Yeah. That's what I always say. Although I did have a great one at Big Acai, I will say. Oh. You got something besides an the acai The very first bowl? time we went. Oh. Yeah. So avid listeners, you know that we are big fans of yeah. big acai bowl. Mm-hmm. We usually get the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now you're telling me you did something else. I don't even remember a day when you did something else. I know. It was the very first time we went. Huh. Yeah. It's like I don't even know you anymore. I know. I'm sorry about that. Wow. I w- it's not a secret. You were there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like, yeah, that is weird. Because I know mm. your order so well. I could go in and yeah, order yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. When we get cacao. <laughs> and I always want to say it that way. Oh. You know what my most underrated food is? Skittles. Because oh. Oh. it's fruit flavors. You don't need fruit. You just get some Skittles. And it's every flavor <laughs> of the rainbow. <laughs> the best chicken ever. <laughs> I am. I tend towards the food that's not really food. Yeah. And it's vegan as a result. Yeah. So hence Skittles. Skittles. Anyone can eat Skittles. I'm a big fan of the wildberry Skittles. That's what I have right now. I have a big jar of it. It was right here. I took oh. it downstairs to be closer to me when I was reading. Oh, smart. Yeah. Smart. Smart, yeah. smart, smart, smart. The blue ones in the wildberry Ooh, Skittles. Delightful. Best. When you get a big handful and you taste all the rainbow just in your mouth. Oh, rainbow I'm in the purist. mouth. Oh, you don't like that? I eat like one color at a time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm that's a weirdo. Fine. I'm sorry. Okay. We're well, learning a lot about each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, I'm disappointing you today. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Okay, good. Aaron, is there yeah. a place that you visited mm-hmm. that you didn't expect to be so amazing but was actually super great? Okay. Yes. And I am the first to admit, I'm not a great outdoors person. Mm, okay, now either. don't get me wrong. I appreciate nature, beautiful nature shots. I can I can tell you that looks great. Sure. I'm just like, I'm not a camper. Mm. I'm not a bug person. Good Lord, me I'm neither. Not, I like climate control. Yes. So these are things that kind of inhibit my outside time. Yep. Like when people are like, oh, what a great day to be outside. I'm like, sure. 
Like, I feel not that way at all. No. I would rather stay inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the time. And in fact, it makes me happy for bad days because then I don't have to come up with an excuse as to why I'm staying inside. Exactly. Like today it's rainy and I spent some time just uh, reading. Yeah. Felt delightful. Yeah. I'm inside. Sorry about it. Yeah. And I'm fine with it. But there was a place where I grew up that was called the Nature Center. Uh And it was a whole bunch of trails that were kind of built into these bluffs. And inside they had a whole bunch of information about different animals or they'd have like reptiles, which isn't my thing. But I, when I hear that and I think about it, it was, yeah, but it was, I will say it's one time that I've like done hiking or been that I always, and maybe it was the age too, Mm -hmm. but it always felt like magical to me. Like, Oh, anything could happen. Like the trails went different ways and you know, you'd always end up back at the nature center, but you never quite knew what you're going to see, you know? And so it always seemed like really full of possibility when Uh we did that. Wow. See, I was the kid that if I got onto a trail and I couldn't see the end, I was certain I was going to die out there in the wilderness. Okay, It's like, if we step off this trail or if we go down this path, I still feel this. I look at a fork in a trail path and I'm like, oh God, I don't know where it's going. I can't handle it. I go back. Back to the start. Robert Frost is your nightmare, huh? What? Robert Frost is your nightmare. Robert friggin' Frost. (laughs) Triggering as hell. I think that that just means you were really like very aware at an early age. See, I think now that would be how I was because- Blissful ignorance. I hadn't watched enough Dateline to realize a lot of things happen on these trails. I should be scared. I should not be like walking and being like, look at that leaf. I should be walking and being like, why is there a guy living in a cave? (laughs) And my fear was never about some random off the trail. It was just me getting lost or like turning Mm. an ankle and then just dying because I can't figure my way out. (laughs) It was very quick. Okay. Very quick. I Sprained ankle equals death. I like it. All right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. It's interesting to me then as an adult, you're kind of drawn (laughs) to like survivalist books sometimes. Like that kind of apocalyptic. Yes. Having to survive. Because good Lord, as um, a friend of mine says, if the apocalypse actually happened, I would need to kill myself right away because I am not (laughs) going to be good in this situation. I will not be (laughs) very, um, I I won't be handy in any way. I will bring nothing to the survivalist table. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. I think I'll just take some sleeping pills and see you, Apocalypse. I'm out. (laughs) See you on the flip side, Apocalypse. Turn my ankle. It's done. Great. So should you ever sprain your ankle with me, I'm going to have to real quick swoop in and be like, this is not a death. Put the pills down, Amy. Put the pills. I got got a splint right here. You're fine. Yeah. You're going to need to real fast. Just react real fast. Really fast. All right. Mm -hmm. I like that. All right. Yeah. Well, was there... Another thing I thought of that gets underrated Hmm. is activities. There are things that are great and there are things that people think are great and Uh that they aren't. So was there something, an activity that you didn't like the first time, but now you're a fan? Well, do you remember my stance on games in general? Yes. (laughs) Who could forget? How I detest them in every single form, pretty much. Yeah. And they make me feel very inadequate and scared Mm -hmm. and lonely. It's basically turning the ankle and I'm ready to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh So um, there was a game that was started by a couple of friends, Michael, and uh, a few others. And it was a picture game. And immediately I was like, I don't want any freaking part of this. But it is hilarious. It is fun. It's amazing. It's the only game I'll play. And basically, it's everyone starts. There's like a group of seven or so. Everyone starts with a phrase or a word or something. Pass it to the next person. They have to draw that. Pass it to the next person. They have to guess what that word or phrase was from the drawing. By the time it comes all the way around, 
It is twisted as all hell. I have played a version of this and it's fantastic. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you got on board with that. Yeah. All of that one. Yeah. All other activities, all other games. No, no, I'm out. You're out. Pills in the apocalypse. See ya. Okay. That's another thing I have to watch for. If someone approaches you with a game. (laughs) Basically, my definition of apocalypse is very big. So anytime I'm, you know, seeing anything like that. So a game night is just... Oh, God. It's oh, end of the world yeah, is what it is. It is. Okay. Yeah. I don't know where this comes yeah. from, really. Something real bad happened to me in a game in my childhood. I don't know why. I say kudos to Michael because he's breaking you in <laughs> one game at a time. He's getting there. He's putting the time in. Part of it was calling me a brat first to get me softened oh, up. And then I was like, oh, oh, okay. Does that work? Fine. The name calling worked? No, just that one time. I anticipate that. No. Okay. Good. Otherwise, I, I think I was sort of drunk that time. So it was fine. <laughs> So I was just loose enough to be like, okay, guess what? I'll prove you wrong. Yeah, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and then you twisted an ankle and died. And then I did. Oh. oh well, boy. thinking of, you know, all of our underdogs, thinking of books that should be rated higher than they yes. are. We should be known more, I guess we yes, should say better. Yes, 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 My first pick is a novel called The Empress and the Cake mm. by Linda Stift, translated from the Austrian-German by Jamie Bullock. This was published by a small publisher called Perrine Press, is I think how you pronounce it. And I looked at their website, and they specialize in modern European books in English translation. And their quote is fantastic. They say, we only publish books of less than 200 pages that can be read in the same time it takes to watch a film. We pride ourselves on publishing truly big stories in small packages. Boom. Wow. Also, there was a... That's um, a fantastic guiding principle. It's so wonderful. And all of these books are very small. You know, yeah. quick reads. Um, one reviewer from The Guardian called this press. It said that they specialize in weird European fiction. But judging by this book, I say yes. That is completely accurate. That's, are you secretly running this press? <laughs> <it seems> like... <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read this book before I went to Vienna, which is cool because this is based in Vienna. Very awesome. Um, we start with an old woman who meets a younger woman outside a bakery and offers her a piece of this special Austrian-Viennese cake. Mm. The old woman looks kind of like the Austrian Empress Elizabeth, who over there, you see, she has this whole cult following dedicated to her. It's kind of okay. like maybe in England with Princess Diana or past you know, royalty. Okay. There's some real strange thing around this Empress Elizabeth. Elizabeth, okay. who is who is dead, and this is decades after she died. Okay, this old woman lives with a servant in this apartment that's full of weirdo souvenirs, mm. and she has this very strange and strict way of being. She invites the young woman over for tea and cake multiple times, and then the young woman is really trying to figure out why she keeps going, like what's going on, especially because she knows this lady is batshit. There's something real weird here. Um, she also knows being around her is exacerbating this eating disorder that she has. She's suddenly way back into bulimia again, but she's oh. eating all this cake because there's the cake. She keeps going. Soon they go to a museum together where the old woman enlists her in stealing the royal cocaine syringe. Yeah. There's a royal cocaine syringe? There sure is. Pause nice for that. Steal it. This, I feel like we're headed back into drug smuggling territory, Amy. <laughs> You know where I was going to go? David Bowie territory. Oh, oh, okay. Fun fact, real quick. Uh, do it. Do it. We need a special theme song for when you're going to go into David Bowie territory. I saw an exhibit in Barcelona de- dedicated to David Bowie. There was a display with some of um, souvenirs. He had a little cocaine spoon that was displayed there. Mm-hmm. That was one of the souvenirs mm-hmm. displayed? Mm-hmm. 
Oh my gosh. So I would go to that museum and steal that cocaine spoon. You Hopefully would. it's still there or else I've implicated myself uh, yeah, terribly. Yeah, dear God. I, yeah. She doesn't have it. I know she doesn't have it or she would have shown me. <laughs> so, would definitely shown yeah. me. I would have Instagrammed the shit out Everyone of that. Everyone would know if she had it. I so settle down, would. Interpol. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not a thing. Back to this cocaine yeah, syringe. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Um, so after this, uh, where they steal this, more weird stuff happens. The young woman finds herself increasingly embroiled in some real serious crimes. It just keeps going and going and going. So we've got a trio of crazy ladies. I love it. It's funny. It's dark. It's creepy. We've got addiction. We've got crime. We've got struggle for, for control between these ladies. Oh um, and just like the the Guardian said, this is uh, it's quick. It's it's weird as hell. You're on the edge of your seat. Um, you may also find yourself Googling a little bit of Austrian history, like who this empress is, because that makes a lot more sense once you figure that okay. out. Also, one thing to know, apparently Germans don't believe in paragraph breaks because it's just long pages of uninterrupted paragraphs. So know that going in. Yeah. Did that throw you off at all? It sure did. Did it? Yes. Okay. Because I don't know about you, but I like the paragraph breaks, especially if you have to stop on the page here. Where the hell do you stop? You got to. You just got to keep going. That's the thing. Yeah. You can't stop to pee when you read this book. Maybe that's you a, go. Maybe that's the purpose. Huh? Maybe that's the purpose. Yeah. Driving purpose. So yeah, the Empress and the Cake. That sounds Pareen great. Press. Yeah, I like it. Good stuff. Yeah. What about you? Um, my fiction pick is called Little Bee by Chris Cleave, and this was actually published um, as a book called The Other Hand in the UK in August of 2008 um, by a small press there, and then later um, it had gotten like a little bit of a cult following, so it was picked up in the United States, and the name was changed to Little Bee, which is kind of interesting when you read the book to think about both titles, but. So this book uses alternating first-person perspectives. It tells the story of Little Bee, who is a Nigerian refugee, and Sarah O'Rourke, who is a magazine editor. And their lives had crossed in a very strange way, um, which you figure out slowly throughout the book by both of them telling this story. And that is part of the magic of this book is this, the telling of the story is almost like painfully slow because they're living their lives. So you're finding out the details Kind of like you would if you are getting to know someone, mm -hmm. like it, like on a friendship level, that s things are going to slowly come out as they come up. You mm -hmm. know, we don't just sit down and like, here's my life story, deposit it all. Mm -hmm. So I really like the way that the the time was slowed down to kind of account for that and you weren't given everything up front. But um, after spending two years detained in a British immigration detention center, a little B actually travels. This is where the story starts to this home of Sarah and her husband, Andrew. And this is when you realize they have some sort of connection because she gets out of this immigration detention center and then goes, is trying to get right to these people's houses. So prior to that, when you're understanding Sarah's story, you aren't aware that these two stories are going to cross. Um, and you find out that they have a very interesting shared past and one that her husband, Andrew, has not been able to reconcile in his head and ends up committing suicide. <gasps> Whoa! And this causes Sarah to realize that she really needs to help little B. So she throws herself into her story and really understanding her history um, along with her uh, son. And so um, of Sarah's son, not little B's son. And so then together you're going back and understanding their story and you're also being forced forward. And a lot of, when I think about it, it's a small book and there's a lot of stuff that happens, a lot of action, but there's also this sense of sort of, um, 
I don't want to call it slowness, but just taking the story as it comes, not mm-hmm. forcing it, not being too fast, that I really enjoyed about this book. I mean, I tore through it, but the pacing of it is just sort of adds to the whole story and kind of the beautifulness of the setting and what happens. Um, there's so many themes in this book. So much of it has stuck with me through even still today. Um, and it's, it's a very different ending. It's unique, but fitting for the Mm -hmm. book. So I kind of warn you going in, if you're, if you like, you know, things to be all tied up in a perfect Mm. bow, um, we don't necessarily know where everybody's story ends. So I just, I was enthralled by this writer. Then I ended up going back and reading a lot more of other things that he had written, but this one is very, I recommend if you're going to start with him, this is a great one to start with. It's really timely right now with detention centers and people that are vulnerable and not being able to take care of themselves, the the positions they can get put in if people aren't standing up for them. So you will, I just, you'll like it. There's someone you can relate to in it, no matter Mm -hmm. what, where you fall down and. It's interesting that you said it's sort of slow pacing, but yet you tore through it. Like it helps accentuate that almost. It does. It's a weird pull of time and wanting to understand the story. So you're kind of driven forward. It Mm -hmm. gives you kind of this need to know things more, know things better. And what I liked about it is like you have this desperateness to know little B better because you're like, what is going on? I need to know this story. And it's kind of perfect because it puts you in this position of like this desperation to have this knowledge, but there's a reason that her walls are up and closed off. So you, you really experience that frustration firsthand of like, I'm trying to reach out and I don't know how to help you and you mm. won't let me in. But then again, do I have the right to be let in? So I, I thought because of how it was written, that that is probably one of the best books I've read for that kind of feeling. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. What was the press again? You said, um, well, it was, it was, a, it was originally, bought. yeah, mm-hmm. well, it was originally re- released in the UK in, um, 2008 by Scepter. Mm. I think. And then, um, later when it came to the United States and they changed the name, it was Simon Schuster that mm-hmm. did it. But, um, even then I don't think it got yeah. the publicity probably that it should have. Interesting. So. Um, you know, you said that it, it's cool too to learn the small details over time because that's how friendship happens um we've learned lots of details about each other over time and in doing this podcast you probably learned things that you would have preferred to know going in yeah i mean i didn't know that there was like a a drug smuggling dream that you had this whole time i don't think i knew the extent of your true crime obsession no you didn't you know there's no one i don't let a lot of people in. i mean now i've let all of our listeners in on it but yeah yeah it's a it's an obsession that's what happens you know over time just start a podcast with your friend you're gonna learn lots of shit a lot a lot yeah but you know it just comes out in pieces it sure does and it's a delightful journey it is a delightful Mm -hmm. journey yes Maybe, maybe if we get popular enough we can have our own monopoly game oh my god you know how they do that for everything yes hawkopoly would you name um uh i don't even remember like the the boardwalk would it be like broads and books boardwalk oh alliteration yeah for sure it would or like the names of streets and buildings yeah Yeah. we could have publishers be like the popular you know different publishers or it could be our strip mall like little elements of our strip mall and like there could be bonus spots that are like david bowie concert you get you know Yes, he's back from the dead. Yeah. Well, in our Monopoly board, he is. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I don't want a hologram David Bowie concert. Don't you dare shoot, do that shit. No, Gem and the holograms are the only (laughs) one that can get away with that. (laughs) Because nothing screams sanity like singing with some holograms. (laughs) 
But an I'm, alter ego singing yeah. with holograms. And I had no problem with that. Not at too. all. I loved it. Yeah, I think that, I had a doll too. Were I they, did. There were dolls, yeah, right? They yeah, had, they had. She imitated the kiss makeup because she had the star oh, over right. the eye. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was cool. Now that I think about that, that that's is real weird. That's a sign. Is yeah. that a red? Fl- that's a red flag. That's probably a real. If big you red were flag. my friend, and yeah. you were like, I'm going to go on tour, <laughs> but I'm and I have a band, and I was like, cool. When do I get to meet the band? Well, <laughs> you already have. Because they're, they're right here. Holograms of different sides of me. <laughs> what? Also, what do you do with that eye makeup there? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe oh. this is when Jem went off a trail and instead of slipping an ankle, she's like, <laughs> she just goes crazy in the head. She's like, well, apocalypse is here. Time to What's embrace that? my inner holograms. <laughs> Wasn't there always some weird plot, too? Like, she had to, like, save humanity at the same time as putting on this concert? I don't think the plots were the primary reason we watched, you know. No, Let's be honest. I watched for the concerts. Yeah. Yeah. But she did? She saved the world? I don't remember this. I think so. I'm sure she did. I feel like there was, like, some crime element that she was always dealing with. Maybe I made that up, but... (laughs) Or maybe this was in her head, too. Yeah. She had her holograms, and she was out saving the world. That... Nothing's gonna stop you when you have a hologram. (laughs) If you are traveling with a hologram... You're set, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's going to bring you down. (laughs) Well, speaking of fantastical kind of stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's a transition. Um, (laughs) I don't know if it was the best one. It was a hologram of a transition. (laughs) Our other genre books. I chose, uh, it's a book called Northwood um, by Maurice Mayer. I think I'm saying that right. Okay. Um, from 2018. And this is published by Black Balloon Publishing. And their quote for themselves is they are pushing the boundaries of what a book can be, which is pretty great. Oh, um, I love the idea that you took yes. the taglines of the publishers. I should have done that. That was <laughs> well, genius. It's, it's kind of, you know, interesting how they describe yeah. themselves. Um, this company is actually part of the Catapult Publishing Group, which okay. specializes in writing classes and online magazine and also books as well. Cool. So two kind of smaller presses involved. Um, but this book, think uh, fairy tale, think horror, think like short, quick sort of vignettes Ooh. that come together to create this story. It's billed as a novella, but it's also sort of poetry. Okay. It's kind of like this hybrid other thing. It really is, like they say, pushing the boundaries of what this book really is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the narrator is an artist, and she's fled to the forest, to this isolated cabin, to get some art done, which sounds like nothing can go wrong. This all sounds great. Absolutely. No problem. Um, <laughs> right away, she goes to a local country dance, because I guess that's a thing. And she <laughs> meets... Now I feel like you made a bad decision. <laughs> that's cabin by herself I can get on board with. Just country Bust dance. into a local country dance? Yep. You're asking and for it. And she meets and falls for a married guy at the country dance. As, as one as does. You do. <laughs> yes. And this <laughs> this guy is violent. Their affair is as well. Oh. So in this oh. isolated place, she's trying to figure out... The lines between like desire and obsession, um, oh. if intimacy and love can be dangerous, if it's allowed to be, there's some real deep stuff happening in her head that comes out in Interesting. this Interesting. So it's really beautiful writing. It's really haunting. But I brought this here because the production is so cool too. It is. Um, it's all black pages, white type wow. on the black pages. There's some um, intro and back uh, cover artwork that's really cool. Um, it's it's just overall kind of stunning. It's something you want on your bookshelf because it is so beautiful. Right. And then 
inside, it's, you know, a really quick read, but some really deep stuff, too, going wow. on. Um, and I think this kind of thing is probably only possible from a small press, which is kind of fun. And that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons I think today we wanted to look at this, because yeah. some of these smaller presses are doing things that you just don't see no. anywhere else. Like this. That's very Northwood. cool. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting point that you brought up, too, that. Um, some people sometimes think, oh, like the book wasn't good enough mm -hmm. to be a mainstream published book. And that's mm -hmm. not really the case at all. Usually the indie small publishers are the ones Some doing the cutting stuff. edge yeah. good stuff. And then sometimes, you know, the smaller press people get a lot of attention. Like um, Carmen Maria Machado's yes. book was a small press book and yeah. it exploded. So, yeah. Small press is where it's at. It is. I have a lot of respect for that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, I mean, this is obviously an outsider viewpoint, so I mean, it could be very different, but I feel like they have a little bit more freedom or ability to really put something unique out there, mm -hmm. which, you know, in any art form is kind of what you want. I mean, you Definitely. want to keep pushing the envelope to get new things. Yeah. So. I think there's some riskier stuff going on mm -hmm. with these presses, uh, maybe things that bigger presses are too honestly afraid to do on a, on a bigger scale like mm -hmm. that. But. Do you have a favorite small press that you find yourself looking at mm. a lot or happen to be like, oh, all the books that I really like come from there? That's interesting. No, I think I, I like sort of exploring all of them. Mm -hmm. um, Atelier 26 is a really great small press based in Portland. And I happen to know the, the person that uh, owns and manages that. And he is continually like it's sort of the epitome of a small press. Yeah. He's continually finding just some really, really cool authors and works that he then creates these beautiful books. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, that's a good one for sure. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, I, the, I also picked kind of a, sh well, it's not kind of, it is a short story collection. It's called if I'd known you were coming by Kate Milliken. And this was published in 2013 by the university of Iowa press. Yes. Yeah. Get it. University of Iowa. University of Iowa. Uh, like neither of us have any. I was, was going to start a chant, and then I was like, "What are we doing?" I mean, I remember some. That wasn't one of them. No, that I remember. I'll be Just honest. The it was not. It was not one we students cheered. Not, no guttural moan nope, ever just came no out. No guttural okay. moans. Nope. University of Iowa. <laughs> like that was the prehistoric dinosaur version. <laughs> oh my! Yep. Yep. Go, yep. That sounds about right. Know. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, in this collection from the University of Iowa Press is 12 uh, short stories by this author. What is very unique about the short story collection is that a lot of times in short story collections, it's short stories. I mean, they begin and end in and of themselves. And there maybe is an overall theme um, or an idea that is pervasive in a lot of them. But what she did with her stories is there's characters from other short stories that pop up. In That's other short cool. stories. Yeah. And maybe in one story, they're the main character. And then in another, you realize that, the, you're, that that person's a secondary character and you're seeing some part of their story at a different time. So it took me a couple stories in to figure out that's what was that. happening because yeah. I was like, oh, wait a minute. That sounds really familiar to – and I go back. Oh, it is. So I actually read it through once and I read it again. Cool. And the second reading is when it really – I really fell in love with it for that reason because it's not just like she takes it from one story and then moves forward in the next story from someone else's perspective. That is not what it is. There's a lot of, of – um, timeline jumping in that this story maybe happens now and say it has a character that's 20. A couple stories later, you'll see that character at age 10. So you'll get a better understanding of why we saw the person we did at age 20, but they're not even the focus of the story. Somebody huh. else is. So there's so much layered there. And I really found that reading experience unique and I really liked it for that. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorites is 
this story called Detour. And it's a story of two girls that we saw in earlier stories that decide to travel together. Um, and they basically are just traveling with what they have and trying to make it on their own. Um, and they stop to see one of the girls is uh, stepfathers who's no longer married to her mother, but they stop and visit him on a farm. And that's where a lot of it takes place. And you get such a good sense just by how they handle this visit of these two um, young women and, a sense of where their story started from. Hmm. But then one of them you see later in a story too, and you sort of see the effect of them traveling together on her later. It, I really liked it, but this story really spoke to me. I just, I loved the way that she put the characters together. I loved mm-hmm. the things that she had in there. Um, it was very beautifully written and I thought it was a really touching story. So that was why that was one of my favorites, but I really, I liked all of them and they have characters in all different points of life. You know, um, moms, they've got career women, they've got people struggling in marriage. They've got people struggling being single. They've got people struggling, finding themselves all across the board. So I really think that it's a good collection. I think it's one that you could read once and be fine. You could read multiple times and get something different out each time, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of its magic. So that's so cool when you're um, that experience of trying to link all the characters to, mm-hmm. you know, I think we've talked about other collections and novels that even do that. Yes. And there is something very satisfying about like figuring out, oh, they connect yes. this way and this way. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny that you said satisfying because I wrote that word down in my notes a couple times. Like mm-hmm. this was just very satisfying. Yes. And I think it was because too, it's very realistic. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just portraits. It's just stories. And I think in my own reading life, it took me a while to be okay with a short story that's just a short story, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, it took me a while to understand the beauty in writing a story that's just taking place. Me too. I think I was late to that, maybe because novels were so important to us growing up. Yes. Um, and, and that the satisfaction of a longer story. But yeah, yeah, a short story done well can be just as haunting, if not more. Yeah. Than, yeah. And I I'm I can see right now I'm in this phase where I'm really sucked into short stories that aren't trying to beat me over the head with some point or purpose. Mm-hmm. There's just, you're happening and you're watching the characters and you're left and the author's kind of saying, take what there you, you will. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, there's something great about that it and really, really interesting about that as a writing form. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like her a lot. I really liked this book. Excellent. So I think way to go, University of Iowa Press. <laughs> way to knock it out of the park. <laughs> I'm now going through back through my head trying to remember all the cheers that because I went to a lot of Iowa games. Um, growing up, my parents were big Iowa fans. Mm-hmm. It's probably a big reason why I went there for undergrad. Sure. Um, and yeah, there's this whole sort of culture at the football stadium. With lots yes. and lots of cheers. Yeah. And I'm not going to say any of them now. Okay. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. I think I covered it. I think you did. <laughs> you got across the point. In a real with weird that way. real guttural moan. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Nothing screams football like better than that. Guttural moans. Well, it's kind of true, actually. Moans. Yeah. 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 It is. <laughs> so for our pop culture picks, yes. I'm not sure where you went with this, knowing that we were looking for underdogs, yes. looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought independent movies. I thought music. I mm-hmm. thought all sorts of stuff. But then I thought podcasts are kind of the most independent of all of them. You Look know, now there's you. lots of there's lots of podcast networks that put out content. But when you find something that um, is put out just by a couple people or a group of people, that's sort of the most DIY thing you could do. Um, and just us, like yeah. we're putting out a podcast, yeah. just the two of us and just a cat us. that's trying to kill us. Very murdery. Yep. And we're surviving every surviving week. Surviving every week. Yeah. Hope to survive some more. <sighs> so 
I picked a podcast, mm-hmm. um, and the podcast is called Gay Future. Oh. The jokes begin with the very concept. The creators say this was adapted from a, quote, recently discovered, new, never released, young adult novel by Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> So the year is 2062, and everyone is gay. The horrific gay agenda has resulted in a totalitarian government that rules over the country and makes sure that everyone is gay. Well, yeah. But humanity's one hope for rebellion rests on the shoulders of a teenage boy who harbors harbors a dark secret that he's straight in the midst of all these gays. So now our hero must fight against the twinks, the leather daddies, the lesbians, and Clay Aiken. (laughs) there are six episodes of about a half hour each and every damn one of them is just absolutely hilarious it is guffaw level funny we've talked about having a good guffaw i've had to pause this many times and really just laugh it out I love that it takes the whole sort of conservative fear of a gay agenda to its Mm -hmm. most sort of illogical conclusions. Quite funny conclusions. Um, I think that, you know, there's all sorts of these new audio dramas that are often put on by networks and bigger podcast companies. This is just a group of comedians who look like they're maybe 22 or 23 putting this together. And it sounds incredible. It's They've got the – just the absolute sound of it sounds like it was produced by a huge, you know – corporation type company thing it's incredible really um the voices the one-liners the structure the random ass plots that just are sort of all work together Mm -hmm. at the end the episode titles some of my favorites are through the gay forest the man on gay mountain and gay academy so like i said it's put on by some insanely funny people that i hope go on to do much more i don't think there's any more plans for this particular story but I hope that they're planning something else equally as ridiculous and wonderful because this yeah. was great. And also, once you listen to the first episode, just try to get that theme song out of your head. It's oh. going to be impossible. I can't wait. Yep. Okay. And I wish I could sing it right now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to leave that to I you. I can tell by your face that you're yep. trying really hard to button it up. Mm-hmm. She's got gonna, her lips literally pursed. That's right. I'm going to let you discover it on your own. Well, it sounds like we need to discover it's it. It's glorious. Gay future for everyone. <laughs> oh god that was terrific <laughs> the best part was your face you were just like i don't know where to go from here okay, okay. well i liked it i mean it's all tied together it just was a little bit you were like so buttoned up trying not to say anything and then you just let it all out i liked it oh Oh boy. Okay, well, where'd you go? I went with a, a movie that I felt like was underrated. Ooh. That, oh, sorry. That I saw um, when it came out, but I don't think it got a lot of buzz. Mm. Um, it did actually win a couple of awards, but I, I don't think, I think it missed a lot of people's mainstream. Okay. And I think you need to see it. Ooh. And it's called I, Tanya. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I love the Olympics. Oh, my. I do. It's probably one of the only sporting events I get into. So they took the Olympics and added true crime, which is everything I could ask for. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't heard of this, it's the fictionalized version of the events basically per Tanya Harding regarding her career, her rise in ice skating, and, of course, the Nancy Kerrigan knee Mm -hmm. incident. Mm -hmm. Um, So Margot Roby... Robbie? Robbie. Well, I think yeah. it's Robbie, yeah. Margot Robbie plays Tanya. Um, Allison Janney 
plays Tanya's mom, sure Lavana, uh-huh. and she's actually the one that won awards. She won an Academy Award and a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress. She's cold. And when you see it, you will know why. Yeah. So I think one of the wonderful things is that there's humor in this very, very, very dark story. But like any story, there's this whole other side that you never see. And a lot of it does have to do with the Nancy Kerrigan incident. And she's really almost like a footnote in the story um, because you're you're really understanding where Tanya Harding was at, the pressure she was under, a lot of – and I'm not excusing anything that happened. Don't yeah. mistake me here. But just – it's an interesting take on – all of that. And then her mom and that relationship, her husband and that mm-hmm. relationship. And it really leaves you in a place of kind of doubt almost. Um, and what's great is that there's real footage at the beginning and at the end of this. There's real footage of Tanya Harding as a very, very young child skating. There's footage of, you know, news footage and footage of her later skating. Um, it's a very interesting take. And the actors and actresses in this were just phenomenal so if you think oh that's going to be cheesy i don't care about that it's really not it was a great story Mm -hmm. even if it was something you didn't know anything about you would enjoy it Mm -hmm. i think um the other thing that i really enjoyed about the whole the way that they did it and the whole story um was they they took their time i mean they did interviews they really dug deep into the story and you know, they didn't have the traditional way of publicizing this movie where you send the actors and actresses onto the talk show circuit. But Tanya Harding actually did a lot of publicity <gasps> around this time. I didn't know that. You should look. You're kind of fascinated by oh her interviews gosh. because you're simultaneously have this empathy for her. And then you're also like, did you learn nothing from before? Yeah. Like, why are you like, there's just something about a personality that she can't help herself. And so it's kind of <laughs> fascinating to watch. <laughs> Yeah. I remember the um, there was footage of the guy. Is his name Jeff Galuli? Something mm-hmm. like that. At the very end, because through the movie you realize, oh, this guy is there's something real wrong with yeah. this guy. Yeah. And then you see the real footage, and you're like, oh, that's real. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wow, yeah. And it really does leave doubt as to her role in it. Mm-hmm. If I'm, you know, if you're, honest. I like that movie too because it seemed to uh, really focus on the fact that. There's a class division in those kind of sports. Yes. And that, you know, she and her family were very working class Mm -hmm. and, you know, in a sport that's dominated by probably upper middle class, if not upper class. It's a very expensive sport. Yeah. So she was from, she was, you know, um, coming from a place that a lot of other kids didn't have to deal with that. Right. I mean, she was very lucky that some people early on saw that she had talent and decided to work with her because they saw she had talent because a lot of other skaters, Nancy Kerrigan, some of those, they were their parents or whoever were paying for the private coaches. They were paying for stylists. Mm -hmm. They were paying for people to design their costumes, do their routine, you know, all of that stuff that you, I mean, if you stop for a minute, you could probably come up with, but you don't really think about, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not just about the sport because a big part of that is visual. So if you don't have that on your side, you know, and that was a big part early in her career, why she struggled is because she was doing it on her own. Mm -hmm. And when they finally brought someone in, they're like, you're, you kind of look like a hoodlum. Like we need to (laughs) check this, you know, I was going to say tramp, which is better. I don't know why I said hoodlum. That's not really what I was going for. Yeah. Like, they thought she looked too old for her age based yes. on what she was wearing. They wanted to cutesy it up. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. Sort yeah. of infantilize her yeah, in a way. It yeah, was, it's a weird combo. I don't yeah. have the right word for it, so. Yeah, we, we get it. Yeah, you yeah. get the idea. <laughs> I won't say anything else. How about that? <laughs> Hoodlum, tramp, all yeah. the same. I sound like my grandma. What was I doing? <laughs> Hoodlum. A lady of the evening. Hooligans. A 
Spellbound. Lady of the Those ruffians and ragamuffins. I love the word yeah. ragamuffin. That just came out of nowhere. I'm I really glad that came out. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think constitutes a ragamuffin? Like, when do we get there? When can we say that we have become them? I don't know. It's something. <laughs> I, I think you have to be really unkempt. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Maybe a smell coming about yeah. you. Yeah. I think you have to have a general feeling of just sort of don't care i mean well that we've kind of got don't yeah we? but like I, I don't care in the sense of like i don't even care about whether or not something's growing on me mm, yeah the fact that i haven't brushed my teeth in two weeks yeah, something like that. yeah yeah okay yeah, that yeah. i think constitutes a regular that was also in context of this discussion that was not an admission for me i brush my teeth every day right no every I, day I, day that's why i know you're not a ragamuffin <laughs> So as fun as it is to say it, you'll never achieve ragamuffin status. Although ragamuffin seems so like a cabbage patch doll. It seems too oh, it nice. Does. Yeah, it seems like, oh, look at that little ragamuffin over there. Yeah. He's so cute. Let's, let's He's reinvent it. Okay, let's re- reinvent yeah. it. Yeah. A little ragamuffin. <laughs> Who allowed you to be such a ragamuffin? <laughs> That's like, I have no idea where this came from. <laughs> Neither. But Mason has started saying... In, like when he's upset about something or he's worried, he, he goes, "Ah, oh, nuggets. <laughs> I have no idea where it's coming from, but every time he says it, it cracks me up. <laughs> like I said, he asked me something yesterday that he wanted to do, which is absolutely ridiculous as most of his ideas are. Like, let's move the couch and create a diving board into the backyard. No. Wow. Yeah. And wow. I was like, no, we're not doing that. Mason. He's like, ah, oh, nuggets. <laughs> Why am I like in a weird cartoon all of a sudden where your catchphrase is all nuggets? <laughs> so if we were going to name it, let's call it the ragamuffins. I like it. I like it. Ah, oh, nuggets. Ah, oh, nuggets. Mason, the five-year-old, for the win. Ah, oh, nuggets. nuggets. Our episode is over. <laughs> Does that count as your transition? Ah, oh, nuggets. <laughs> but the good news is, I can take back the odd nuggets because oh, you're you going to be back next Wednesday. Oh, good. In the meantime, you can head to our website that has lots of good little nuggets. Mm, sure does. <laughs> so many nuggets. Including all the recommendations we made in this episode. <laughs> also at the website, mm. uh, I was going to try and put nuggets in there somewhere. It's gone. It's oh, it's out. Yeah, A little golden nugget. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Although that reminds me of that gross like pancake place. Isn't that a pancake place? Oh, it was. Yeah. The Golden Nugget? Yeah. In Chicago, it was anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, why would it be called the Golden Nugget? I don't know. That's a great question. I did not go in there. When does a pancake look like a nugget? <laughs> You've done something wrong if your pancakes look like nuggets. You did not follow the directions. It's like water and whisking. What did you do? <laughs> anyway. Whew. Yeah. No golden nuggets on our website. Just some real good bonus material. Yes. And, you know, you're going to keep finding fun bonus material because we keep producing it. And we want to hear what ideas you have for bonus material. You have questions for us? You want us to tell some stories? Let us know. We will be on it. We will. We'll do it. Uh, And in the meantime, if you like what you hear, this is really important to us, Mm -hmm. give us a review. Yeah. We just need you to click those five stars. Mm-hmm. That's what we need you to do. Mm-hmm. Some some podcast catchers easier than others. You can always do it on our website too. It helps us. It helps us stay relevant in ratings on so other people can find us mm-hmm. and we can keep spreading this these nuggets of joy. These wonderful <laughs> nuggets. And every time we joy see nuggets. a new <laughs> every time we see a new review, we say, Oh nuggets, but it's a good thing. <laughs> it and is. Dance. And you have no idea the joy that oh, and I go through. Such joy. Yeah. Yeah. You're- 
something else. <laughs> I was going to say, never mind. Put <laughs> yourself back. Ah! <laughs> Filter was a little late, but it was there. <laughs> also on our website, you can email us and tell us some theme ideas if you have yes. them. If you have a fully baked theme idea, like a whole area you want us to explore, yes. awesome. If you have one particular thing you'd like to ask us to talk about, let us know that as well. Do it. We are taking suggestions. Yes. Yes. I love it. So in the meantime, another place you can find us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, website, all those places. All of them. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. You will not, if you try and search for us, can't find us and then say, oh, nuggets. No, you will find us. <laughs> You'll be like, nuggets, I found them. <laughs> On that note, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're, they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.